Hello, folks. Welcome to part two of our Villains Extravaganza with Jake Kilroy and Stevie Foxette. If this is the first episode you're listening to, I highly suggest you check out part one where Jake and Stevie tell me about the villains that they have grown to admire as we've gotten older. Thanks for tuning in, and here starts the episode. Now that you guys have told me about your villains, okay, I made up a bit of a list of ones I'd like to introduce you guys to that I think might also yes. fit the bill uh, mm-hmm. and might pique your interest a little bit. Some of them you'll be aware of. Some of them I hope you aren't. Let's see. I don't necessarily have a fantastic order, but uh, let me just go with the um, the notes that are open right now. Ra's al Ghul. Are you guys familiar yes. with him? Yes. Ra's al Ghul. Or Henry De- No. What's Henri Ducard. Okay. From the movies. Nice. I am specifically talking about an alternate universe Ra's al Ghul. Oh, God. Deep cut. Ra's al Ghul. <laughs> From the Injustice universe. The Injustice comic books are the novelization or the graphic novelization of the premise behind the video games, Injustice, Gods Among Us, where Joker basically tricks Superman into killing his pregnant wife, Lois Lane. And so, That's the premise of that video game? Yes. I need to play that video game. <laughs> Everything is basically happy and peaceful in the DC universe. Joker kidnaps Lois Lane, and Superman can't find her. He gets the whole Justice League to try and find her, and then when he does, he finds her on a submarine in the Bay of Metropolis. Breaks into the submarine where Harley Quinn and Joker just finished performing some kind of operation on her. He gets dosed with some gas, but he shrugs it off because he's Superman. But then he turns around and there's Doomsday, the only creature physically capable of beating Superman to death. And he basically goes red-eyed without a single thought except protect Lois, launches Doomsday into outer space. Only while doing that, Batman realizes that the gas Superman was gassed with was Scarecrow, uh, fear gas, making him see what he was most afraid of when really he was launching Lois Lane into the lower atmosphere. Oh my god. Oof, that's a gross way to die. With his super hearing, heard Just... both her and their unborn infant heartbeats stop. Oh my god. Batman arrests Joker, takes This is the first one? <laughs> I'm just not even, we're just not even to the part about Raza Ghoul. We're not even to the villain yet. I'm not heartbroken. I know. It's, you son of a bitch. It's a compelling story, and I, I do recommend the books. I do have to This sounds like when like Spider-Man accidentally broke Gwen Stacy's neck. Yeah. Uh, of sorts. So this is why it's an alternate universe, because it's just like, take all the characters you're familiar with, then fuck with them in some very interesting ways. This uh-huh. is why I love alternate reality stories. Right. Um, <laughs> Superman, Coffee shop AU, for example. Yeah. Superman um, basically comes back from orbit, finds Joker in a interrogation cell in Gotham PD, and puts his arm through Joker's chest. <gasps> the Joker finally dies! Yes. But Superman kills him. But... Um, yeah, but still. Interesting. No, but it's, it's something I well, forgot Also, he has the no-kill also, rule, Also, why too. the fuck did Joker think fucking with Superman was a good idea? Superman doesn't have the same rules as Batman. Yes, That's like, why? That's a terrible well, idea. tired of fucking with the oh. immovable object. Oh, I could see that. I could see Joker just being like, you're he not found gonna kill me? I'm gonna go find someone else who will kill me. He found Superman <laughs> easier to toy with. And oh, too easy. Which would also bother... Bruce, which would also bother Batman. Yeah, Batman would be like, are you cheating on me with Superman? The thing I forgot to mention is the operation that they were doing on Lois Lane was they put a dead man switch on her. That when her heart stopped beating, a nuclear device destroyed Metropolis. God, what? That's how the game starts? So what about, I'm sorry, what about Ra's al Ghul that you were bringing up in this alternate universe? That's setting up the universe. Basically, 
to make uh, too late. A long story short, Superman basically um, over the course of the comics basically starts saying like, okay, that one needed to happen. Joker was fucking evil. But basically, he after concession after concession after concession basically becomes a tyrant and leads a whole bunch of other superheroes to basically decide who lives and who dies. And basically leading a police state over the world Mm -hmm. where no government is sovereign. Everybody, every police officer basically is super powered and listens only to Superman and his uh, cabal. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. But Ra's al Ghul enters into the picture because in about the fifth volume of the Injustice comic books, Ra's al Ghul enters the picture because he's just like, all right, well, while you guys are fucking, like, killing each other and everything like that, climate change is destroying everything. (laughs) All right, okay, yeah. Back in, back in. The planet, I knew this would get you guys. The planet is basically... Destroying itself, Superman had, and the thing is, Ra's al Ghul does not have any. He doesn't have any compunction about doing the dirty work that Superman only recently got to. So what Ra's al Ghul did in the Injustice comic books was he basically made a team made up of his League of Assassins. So sick, normal uh-huh. assassins Usuals. using a basically suicide suicide squad made up of villains that have bombs in their heads that he controls the switch to, and. Using a few heroes who care more about animals and plants than they do about necessarily whether people live or die. Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. (laughs) Serving the green and Animal Man serving the red. So he builds an arc that is supposed to withstand basically anything that's supposed to happen to Earth. The problem being that Ra's al Ghul basically goes afoul when he rightly discerns that it's capitalist industry that is killing the planet. Right. But instead of necessarily doing anything about that, he decides to send a message that invariably angers all the heroes and basically puts them at odds with one another. Otherwise, the heroes probably would have agreed with him and let him be his thing. But he, on public television murders a whole bunch of CEOs, one of which is Ted Kord, the Blue Beetle. No! Dude, Ted gets a weird bad deal in a few arcs. It's his lot in life, unfortunately, in a whole bunch of universes. He's a beetle. But Ra's al Ghul was trying to preserve what Earth is, what Earth has, with as much force as he could, but his plan was, to be quite honest, a little haphazard. Mm -hmm. It was, um... I'm like, what was your plan, old man? It was just build an arc. But then in the ensuing fight with the superheroes who eventually found his lair, destroyed the arc. And then he's just like, well, you killed us. You killed everything. All the animals here, all the plants are on fire. You fucked everything up. I'm done. All right. You killed the earth and it's your doing that. And so he just basically storms off saying, congratulations, you won. And that is the first villain I'd like to uh, submit. Honestly, even before you told me the story, Raza Ghul, he's had a lot of good points. He hasn't always gone about him the right good way. Good idea. Bad execution. Yeah, yes. actually, that's a very good summary of Raza Ghul because it's just always like, don't you think that people are too, like, incapable and, like, evil? It's like, that's a good point. It's like, shouldn't we kill all of them? It's like, well, hold on. Yeah. And also, it's like, to him, it's like way more insignificant because he's lived for fucking however many years. Oh, that's part of his thing is that he's been resurrected so many times is that every time you go within the Lazarus pit you come out little less you which is weird because he's died so many times and he still seems like really chill he 
isn't. Yeah. He's prone to impulse to a degree that I think even he recognizes is unwise. Gotcha. The, the thing is that we're talking a lot about villains, and we're talking in the fictions that we've hearkened to thus far, we've basically, when you talk about comic books mm-hmm. or these fictions that we have been talking about, we already basically enter the very square zero premise is that the law is not enough. The things okay. that yeah. are holding society together mm-hmm. are insufficient for our goals, whether they be justice Speeding. or the uh, continuation of our species or of the planet, etc. Hmm? Speeding. Speeding. What is yes. It? What? Uh, speed. I, I speed th- laws are dumb. Oh, gotcha. You're actually talking about speed. I thought that was a podcast term because you were getting up. No, okay. Actual speeding. Got it. <laughs> and so, with that premise, that's why talking about villains in this regard is so much fun because we're like, all right, well, you can't just dismiss a villain because you say, well, they break the law. All of our heroes break the law as well right. by doing the things that they do. That's right. why we like them. So, we have to get a little bit more nuanced about why the villain separates so carefully from the hero and do they and the thing i like about ra's al ghul in most of his iterations is that he sits upon a shadowy empire capable of doing untold amount of good and even he sometimes says that he is about justice yeah oh the 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 ways that him and batman differentiate is there no kill policy right and the reason why this conversation is so fun to me, especially in the context of as we've gotten older, well, I'm at an age now where I'm just like, killing is wrong. And if you have the power to avoid killing, please do. Mm-hmm. But we've reached a point We've reached a point where basically immovable objects and unstoppable forces, where something has to give. Yeah. And so, like, you know, uh, basically learning about leftism, revolutionary forces, um, freedom fighters, things that were illegal, dangerous, right. even murderous in some uh, regards. There is a justice to them as well. Okay. And so that is why Ra's al Ghul, in a few iterations, appeals to me. But in Injustice, specifically, it's a more global and far-reaching um, goal than he's ever had before. Um, I'm going to buy Injustice tomorrow. So let me move on to the second villain I wanted to talk about. And I'm going to stretch the definition of villain here a little bit. We're gonna... oh, Then I want to bring the principal from Ferris Bueller in. <laughs> <laughs> he does come up on a lot of lists. Um, Mystique from Days of Future Past. Fuck you, movie. Um, the premise of the movie, Days of Future Past, is that, hey, we're being hunted by sentinels that have been modified using Mystique's DNA. And the reason they got Mystique's DNA and basically this arms race of mutants and mutant hunting robots started is because Mystique assassinated Bolivar Trask in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, Mystique is basically going around saving mutants, killing people that are in our way, but Bolivar Trask was a genocidal maniac. He Wait. wanted to eradicate, he wanted to find a way that to detect people with specific genes right. and exterminate them. Eugenics! Thank you. In any sane telling of a morality tale, Killing the genocidal maniac before he enacts his plan, his pogrom, is the good thing to do. Isn't a lot of stories based on going back in time and killing Hitler? I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Olivar Trask basically gets there. And the only reason that they go back in time to stop this is they're like, well, they eventually get a hold of her genetics 
and use them to hunt us better. I'm just like, to which I say, so the problem is don't let Mystique get caught by Bolivar Trask and the US government, but she's not wrong to kill Trask. Right. She, up until that point, she's going into the battlefield of Vietnam to free mutants who have been forced to fight on the front lines of the American forces. And basically finds out that Trask is in the American government creating this technology and about to unleash it on the world. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, oh, I should do something to stop that. Which is more than Xavier or Magneto could have done or wanted to do at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Mystique is the hero in nine other stories about this scenario. What? She is in any other story. Yeah, it's the going back in time to kill Hitler, except this Boulevard Trask. And the thing is, like, Trask, in that future we see, it's where Sentinels eventually go too far. Because that's what the problem is, is that Sentinels eventually went too far. And then they started killing humans who might produce mutants. And then just locking up all humans because they are the progenitors of mutants. True. And so they just fulfilled their programming eventually. And then just start executing the human race altogether. Which I forgot a lot about that movie. Shit. It's okay. a bad movie. But it made me think about one of the aspects I take away from it is all of you guys are arguing about what the outcome of her agenda is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you can't necessarily argue that it's wrong. They yeah. try. Charles tries to say you shouldn't kill anyone. Well, at this point, she's already killed a whole bunch of people. Also, at this point, it's basically assumed that she killed Kennedy. Oh, yeah. They assume uh-huh. Magneto did it, but <laughs> by Magneto's admission, he was, says that he was trying to stop the bullet. That right. mystique. Sure he was. I mean, it's he makes the case. Wait, Days of Future Paths is the one where he raises the whole stadium? Yes. That's actually the first movie where I understood why everyone was so fucking scared of Magneto. Because a lot of times it was always like, yeah, he could kind of do things that always seemed like battle of convenience. Yeah. Where he would just be like, someone would like go to like leave and he would like hold the door or something like that. It just always seemed like very like in the moment. It's it's like how like everyone's like, Darth Vader's not that badass. And then there's that scene in Rogue One where he just fucking wrecks everybody. And you're like, oh. Oh, now I get it. No, same thing. Okay. That's the thing is like that scene you, by the way. That scene I remember that, that scene Hot. like <laughs> that is totally the same thing where it's Wait, just like yeah. that's the character I always knew to fear but I wasn't totally I never totally understood because like Why? everything was so individual. Yeah. Like it was always like Magneto like fighting this one thing and he'd like fuck up Wolverine and like uh that was like he would always like he choke out someone and then that one he was like, Oh, you just can't like fucking stop that guy if he decides he was like Yeah. The point where like someone like there's like five shoot laser guns shooting enemies like yeah. beep, 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 and just deflects yeah. them all back to him and just hits them all super clean and then does it while he's choke forcing them. Oh, so cool. And there's like even I'm even, I know that I had seen like movies where he uh like loops the bridge and like fucks that up and like that's a big scene or something like that. But, but yeah, when he picked up the stadium an and held stadium. all the guns, it was like so many moving parts. Like it's one thing to like I've never moved a bridge. <laughs> but, like, for him to just, like, yeah, he's just, like, in his mind, he's, just like, that's one object. He moves the bridge. He fucks it up for all of them. But, like, pulling up a stadium and then, like, taking out all the cop guns and, like, holding them all individually people, I was just, like... The amount of was, concentration. It was so content. much. Yeah. I was just, like... And he wasn't, like, phased by it. It wasn't, like, Xavier sometimes can get, like, too person. overwhelmed <laughs> by his own powers. Yeah. He was, like, fucking chill. In control. Yeah, he was totally yeah. controlled. And I remember watching that scene and being, like, oh, he's, like, a fucking terror. It's like oh, when a person so comes into the bar and it's like, you can remember six beers and carry all of them? I'm like, it's my job, baby. <laughs> yeah. 
So that movie, yeah, Dukes no, Dukes like, was like one where I was like, <clears throat> sorry, I know Mystique is the one that we're talking about, but that was real quick. I want to say that Magneto was one where I was like, well, the oh, reason why I, I haven't en- entered Magneto into the discussion is because I, I also love Magneto. Obvious. Yeah, I believe Magneto is the obvious choice, and I thought he might end up on one of you guys. I list. thought about it too, and I same. By reason. the way, I and did, that was yeah, kind of the joke I, I was trying it. to make earlier with the Spider-Man. <laughs> I was like, let's go ahead and get right, the elephant right, out of the room, and I was basically alluding to Magneto. But that's yeah. where I went. Um, also, I did have two honorable mentions that I forgot to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the City Watch group from uh, Hot Fuzz, who are all about the greater good. Oh. The greater good. <sighs> okay. Which we mentioned earlier, which was yeah. very compelling. But also Syndrome from Incredibles. I think it's honorable. Wait a minute, hold on. He, honor, wait, honorable wait. mention. Syndrome kills all of the superheroes. Kind of. Yeah. He's, better weapons so he can sell them. Well, and also, no, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at the... And the thing is, this is why he wasn't actually on my list, is because I'm like, I don't think his motivation's very fair, but I also appreciate where he was coming from, where he grew up as this kid that idolized Mr. Incredible, uh, and then okay. was, like, completely stomped down by Mr. Incredible, and he was like, well, fuck you guys. And also, the whole idea of, like, uh, using your own talents to make yourself better but then he took it way too far and I was like if nobody if everybody's special then no one is that that went too far that's why I didn't actually mm-hmm. have my list but also interesting interesting uh, and compelling I, super villain yeah and I it, the thing is I, I do like the idea of understanding villains more not necessarily agree with them but you understand them more yes. yeah. but also that reminds me of that is that a Cody Johnson quote Cody Johnson yeah where he talks about or he says like I didn't like <clears throat> Bernie's tone, so that's why I changed my entire opinion on racism, healthcare, and history. <laughs> so that's why that's why I was just like, oh, this one superhero was mean to me? Fine. I'm gonna murder all of them. And it was just like, ah, no. No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, that, that's where you lost me. Since but you also, but, like, the Bernie. reason why I didn't go into it, because I was like, oh yeah, this is actually, like, I can't justify this. Because then it's just like, that's such but a door also, where it's like, if somebody, it's like, everyone gets has like one person who's meeting them in junior high and it's just like, fuck you am all. I going to end up on a podcast when it's like, you know, Jake ended up poisoning like 40 people and it's like, yeah, but remember that one time someone made fun of his backpack? Yeah. It's like how Last Podcast and Last is like, like a lot with those serial killers. They're like, yeah, there was really shitty things that happened to them, but they were also monsters. Right. Well, like... Yeah, shitty things happen to everybody. Not everybody goes to murder people. That's the thing that like Yet. It's, that's it's, what it's a lot a of people lot. have to say. That's what a lot of people have been saying about their reviews of the Joker. We're just right. like lots of people have mental illness. Almost none of them kill people. Right. That's the that's the takeaway. You, 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 it almost has to be added there because a lot of people are just like, oh yeah, mental illness makes you violent. Like no 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 no. Yeah. Right. Mental illness usually makes you the it's not, victim it's, of violence, not the perpetrator. Yeah. And some, that's why it's, some people that commit mental like some people that commit murder have mental illness. Not all people with mental illness commit murder. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And the the, the two get entangled. Yeah, it's like how often. it's Yeah. Also, Mr. Incredible doesn't want him to do that. He could get hurt. He's a child and he works alone. Yeah, arguably <laughs> Mr. Incredible's only flaw is that he came too hard down on Buddy, but he was right. A strange kid. He wasn't wrong. And he told him to leave and then he kept coming back. Yeah. yeah. That's why I said he's not on my full list, but I but thought even he was honorable a, mention. I have questions. I thought he was a good villain. He's well, he's not, a he's a great he's, villain. He's but no I mean, Anton like, Chekhov. He also fucks um, up and wears a cape. No okay. capes. No singing can't care. No capes. What? He's, he's hmm? what? He's no yeah. uh, Anton um, Chekhov. Anton Sugar. Uh, no. Uh, Ooh, Anton Sugar. Oh fuck! I didn't even bring up Anton Sugar. That's a great. That's a great. He's not redeeming. He's interesting. He has an interesting haircut. He has a really interesting weapon. 
the whole like yeah like, that's saying okay we're not talking about like cool villains it's like villains oh, that you agree with sorry I got I knew we'd go down this rabbit hole she just started listening up villains was like remember when he fucking kills that guy how hot that was I was like no that's not the time I like that he flipped a coin wait Angela he, he no I was making fun of yours um, oh 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 do you mean Bertrand Zobris Bertrand Zobris I was gonna say yes. Anton Chigurh did introduce a coin flip which was like I'm like there was a little bit of like randomness like there was a little bit of like parody there that conversation was very good in that gas station that was fantastic he's a great villain He's an engrossing villain, but yeah, everything he does, you're just like, your motivation here is money, you goddamn lunatic. Yeah. Well, okay, never mind. I'll shut up. <laughs> we should have another podcast about villains we just think are dope as hell. But Absolutely. Anyway. Um, also, maybe you should have a podcast about villains that doesn't involve me because I think it'll be less ethically yeah. strange. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who brought in eugenics. True, you started I'm wiping out the inferior races. I mean, Jesus, Kilroy. I didn't say that. You gotta believe me, people. You gotta speak into this microphone. I didn't say that. You gotta believe me, people. Oh, that is loud. You need to speak into both of them at the same time. I didn't say that, people. You gotta believe me. I, at this press conference, I would like to clarify, I'm a good person. I like cold beer. I'm one of you. He doesn't like cold beer anymore. He's sober. You can't trust a sober person. I like cold, sparkling water. Are you are you doing a Kavanaugh? Because that's not really the... I don't um, know what I'm doing. Thing. I like beer. <laughs> dude, no. Oh, no. I, was, I like I, beer. I played he, sports. Dude, no. Okay. I so got everything like, I got because he, I worked hard for it. Dude, he stole that from me. Like, what? it's been a running joke that, like... That was my, uh, whenever, like, anytime my room would, like, turn on me at a party, that was, like, my campaign And maybe slowly. he was just like, like, oh, man, this Jake Kilroy guy Jake- is, like, for everybody. Maybe I should be more like him. <laughs> but it's, like, that was my thing. It was, like, every time I go to too far, like, too far down the rabbit hole, I was, like, dude, hold on. I was, like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I like cold beer. I like my coffee hot. I like my meals made at home. I just, like, wow. Wow, you're Bush. But that's what it is. It's like whenever I'm like running for a fake campaign, <laughs> that that's always starts off with like, I like cold beer. <laughs> I like my cartoons time. before school. I just I'm one of you. I hear your problems. I experience your problems. Vote for me. I get it. I like cold beer. <laughs> this is the most close to Jake's body I've ever seen his elbows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm basically a Muppet. Villain number three that I'd like to introduce you guys to. Um, this one actually isn't an introduction. You know him. You love him. That cold-hearted son of a bitch, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze! Shout out to Mr. This Freeze. This is a good list, yeah. Mr. Freeze, his only motivation is saving his wife. So it's sweet. very good. What was her name again? Is it Anna? No. Uh, Natalie. Are you just, Natalia. No. Are Laura? you just thinking of Anna from Frozen? Shit. I'm <laughs> Mr. Freeze only wants to save his wife, and he. the thing is, he has the means to do it. He just lacks the resources. He is... Oh, isn't that identifiable? Nora. I looked up Nora. I thought it was Nora. Thank you. Okay. Um, all he needs is resources. He basically... he Basically, at the end of Batman and Robin, he is given the ability to continue his research in Arkham Asylum. And in the comics, that's his only motivation. Only his wants. wife has a terminal illness. He has frozen her cryogenically. And he is trying to... Cure her illness. Arguably something that would benefit a large swath of the population. Yeah. But they won't let him. And it is capital. It's Mr. Freeze is basically breaking bad if it happens in Gotham and to his wife. <gasps> Ooh. Holy shit, that's true. In another scenario. And the thing okay. is, I don't even think Mr. Freeze has the body count that Wal- uh, Walter White has. Well, he freezes a lot of people and it's never clarified if I don't they, know they survive if or not. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, is it cryogenic or is it like permanent? 
Wait, uh, yeah, different that's actually a good question. That changes I the don't, villain level. It, it really depends. Um, it really kind of just depends on the um, iteration of him. He definitely kills people, I think, in Batman and Robin, the movie. Yeah. Uh, in the animated series, I don't know. Um, and he talks like this in the animated series. It's such a good voice. It's so good. Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no! <laughs> Wait, he's Darth Vader. Now. He's Darth Vader! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, except he has the ability to save Padme. That's true. Oh, oh Padme. She was so out of his league. Um, Absolutely. Also, real quick, uh, were there bat skis or bat ice skates in Batman and Robin? This. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think there were bat ice skates. He's also a villain for Batman, and like necess- like the necessity of that is yeah. his fault, and that's a point against him. Absolutely agree. <laughs> that's stupid, fucking Donkus. And for uh, using hockey players as henchmen. Oh, I forgot no, I about that. that. Ah, oh, it's so good. The both of you just came in with your polar opposite reactions and... I want to be a hockey henchman for someone. No, I'd be willing to... to hench as a hockey person. For Arnold, though? And you'd be like... Yes! And you'd be like, hey, like, I need some fucking money for being a henchwoman. And he's just like, <laughs> ice job out there. You don't think you'd be mad? Like, you're trying to get paid, and this guy's just fucking also, making all these stupid jokes. Also, he's not jokes. really equal opportunity. As you noticed, he has... Women in skimpy outfits in his lair, but all the men are hockey players. I don't think he would necessarily... I'd go in and show him. <laughs> I would check all those players to the ground. You uh, you have I a lot want... of confidence in your ability you... to impress villains. Yeah, duh. I, I know. I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to be someone's number two. I just need to uh, express for the You'll record. You'll be someone's number one case. one day. Mm, <laughs> So yes, Mr. Freeze, number three. Number four, I'd like to... This is an introduction. I'm going to see if I can go through these a little bit faster. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm loving this. Thank you. I'm sorry. This... Let's see how fast I can go. The Liberators from Ultimate Comics. From the Ultimate Comic Universe, it's basically the Avengers Marvel Universe as taken place in 2001 America. So things are a little bit more cynical. Things are definitely a lot more jingoistic. Things are also a lot worse. Um, yes. Holy shit. Yes. Um, it was a very popular um, uh, series, alternate Marvel Universe. And in it, basically, the Avengers are an American project by the military to make super soldiers. So Hulk was an endeavor to make super soldier. So is Thor and Iron Man and Captain America and Wasp and Giant Man, etc. Okay. And as such, they get used out in the field. Okay. In our invasion of Iraq. Yeesh. Okay. That is not an aspect that is touched on much in the story, because remember, the story is meant to be hoorah America. But, basically, super soldiers are being created by the American government and used out in our imperialistic wars of blood and oil. Okay. So the Liberators are a coalition of super villains... Superhumans from um, <laughs> antagonistic nations of America. Remember, this is your early 2000s. So, a collection, a time. Uh, basically, a coalition of China, France, Iran, North Korea, Syria, and Russia. France is the odd one on that list, but remember how much. Freedom fries. Yes. Patriot portholes. Yes. When reading the list, I was just like, Mm. France? I'm like, oh, that's right. Freedom fries. Because they weren't rah-rah 
go for Iraq uh, when we wanted them to. Yeah. But basically, each one of them had their own yeah. superhuman programs that they were executing, and they formed a team. Oh my God! I'm that so invaded here. America. Whoa! What? And toppled the American government, military, oh and Avengers. It toppled the Avengers? It toppled the Avengers. Oh my god. Who sent who? I really want to know what country sent who. Do you have that? China had two villains. The Abomination and Crimson Dynamo. Which uh, Abomination is a Hulk counterpart. Like a, yeah, a he yeti, looks like a, a yeti, yeti yeah, with like fucking spikes. Yes. Like he, from he, A Nepal. little amphibian-like. Uh, kind of got fins on his e- for ears kind of thing. But yeah, Hulk. Okay. Wait, doesn't Tim Roth play Abomination? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Crimson Dynamo is basically an Iron Man um, uh, counterpart. Uh, okay. Man in a suit. Man mm-hmm. in a cam. Okay. Um, I'm going to save that one for last. Iran sent the Colonel, which was the only human being to positively react to the super soldier uh, program besides Steve Rogers. Interesting. Whoa. Now, Iran was responsible for the program, but the young man that was used was a... Um, uh, I didn't write down the name, but it was a Azerbaijani man, a young boy who was uh, forced to flee his village and oh, was literally no. put on the back of a dilapidated truck, him and his family, to get the fuck out by Captain America when they were invading his... Oh, no, what pathos! ...territory. <laughs> when they met each other. Mm-hmm. Aww. So, the colonel <laughs> is a young Azerbaijani man who uh, led the forces of the Liberators to invade America. Whoa. Um, North Korea sent Hurricane, who was a uh, speedster. Super speed okay. uh, was her ability. Uh, Syria sent a woman by the name of Swarm. She was able to, I believe, control or turn into a swarm of insects. What? Neat. Yes. Neat. Uh, I, she later... Um, not reformed, but basically they captured her in the story arc and then later on came back as... A wasp. Like, the wasp. She was the new iteration of the wasp. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yes. Whoa. Okay. In the Ultimate Comics. Russia sent their, uh, basically, a um, Thor analog, Perun, the um, Slavic god of uh, thunder. Yes. yes. Interesting. Okay, cool. I'm glad they pulled in the Slavic lore. That's very cool. And France... Um, oh, I'm so stoked about this. ...sent the Schizoid Man. <laughs> that name seems problematic. <laughs> yes, I. That's why I saved it for last. Um, France, uh, the schizoid man was a man imbued with the genetic um, abilities of multiple man, Jamie Madrox, so that he could duplicate himself almost infinitely. So that is why they invaded with a small army of drones because they converted Hank Pym to make Ultron robots. Whoa, what? To use as an invading force, as well oh as schizoid men. God. And then the big forces to take down the Avengers. Okay. And they won for a bit. The Avengers grouped together again and fought their way back and beat everybody. But the point is, they were right. They were, It wasn't a preemptive war. They were fighting back against an America that had invaded Afghanistan and Iraq with a superhero army. And they yeah. were making more. Yeah. Like, they basically had, like, a department. S.H.I.E.L.D. was an American enterprise that was basically dedicated to <laughs> militarizing... Like Blackwater. Absolutely. Oh, shit. And so the Liberators were right. They get beaten and Captain America in the comic book says a whole bunch of jingoistic shit as he murders the colonel. Yikes. Who was 
a young man that who, he saved that he f- evacuated out of his village that he invaded Ugh. yikes the, he didn't save him he was kicking him out of the village that he lived uh. in because we invaded it uh. hail hydra <laughs> that's the thing the liberators are right and the thing is the whole thing ended up happening because basically Loki kicked the whole thing off for shits and gigs because he's a little fucking oh man. Loki but the thing is all these governments and everybody they were right yeah America needed to be stopped and they had the means to do it and they did it if they planned maybe a little bit better they would have like succeeded but like the thing is very little bloodshed also they basically hmm. tackled their what? version of the CIA, basically using Ultron and Schizoid Men, basically said, everyone hold in the place, our numbers are so big, don't fucking fight us. And that was like it. They had the White House, they had the Pentagon, they had their version of um, the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, and it was almost a bloodless coup. That was like, like it's, it's basically cut and dry as you can fucking get, but the Avengers are the good guys in this one. In wow. The... Is the name of the comic that if I were to purchase this, is it called The Liberators? No, it's called The Ultimates. The Ultimates, okay. They are the bad guy in the second volume. I made like a reference to Rift Tracks last night to uh, my friends, uh, the night before, I forgot. It's now Sunday. Hi, everybody. We went ahead and took a little bit of a break because we all got real, real sleepy. And we had to record my podcast. It's true. And you should go ahead and listen to Stevie's podcast, Buzz Biology, where Jake and I learn about giraffes. Yeah. It was fun. Jake uh, and, uh, learns a few uh, hard truths about himself. Does. I've accepted them. Giraffes and... Eugenics. And eugenics. I would like to say again, for the eighth time, I didn't give a speech about eugenics. <laughs> you can't believe me. Of course. We've got the of tape. Course. We've got the tape. <laughs> we'll check the tape. I'll edit it out. I'll clean it up a little bit. Jake, uh, what are you a fan of? Definitely not... Eugenics. eugenics. <laughs> <laughs> But where we left off, we were talking about, I was trying to introduce you guys to villains that I think you might be interested in. And we had previously talked about Mr. Freeze, just wanted to save his wife. No! Yeah. He just wants to save his wife. We had talked about Mystique from Days of Future Past. The hottest. Mm-hmm. I think we can agree. Yeah, she's, she's a- pretty hot. Jennifer Lawrence, right? Yeah. And yeah. also like Rebecca Romaine Samuels. Also, also in, the, in the comics, also in the TV show, also she can become anything. So by definition... Mystique can become the hottest anything. Okay. So you're dating Mystique. Who do you have her shapeshift into? No, she's perfect yeah, probably, the way yeah, she is. Like there you go. That's the right answer. Perfection. <laughs> Perfection. Uh, would you take Morph the way he looked? Yeah. Okay. Just He looked Weasley. Yellow goop? Uh, white goop? He looks like a Hey. No, I'm not. Never mind. She's, Something about white goop. She thinks, joke there. She thinks Morph looks like cum. I'll just say it. Yeah. Morph looks I was going to make a more elegant joke, but I'm also not fully awake yet, so. She's drinking coffee. Yeah. We're getting there. Like I said, we had to take a she little bit of a uh, podcast break to record Buzz Biology, and we had to sleep. Uh, but we're awake now. Um, we've uh, we? fallen <laughs> um, back, so we got an extra hour of sleep. Oh, yeah. We time traveled, guys. Between Woo! here and now. I love time travel. We were really excited last night when we all looked at our phones and it was still one o'clock in the morning. You guys were really excited. I was um, just uh, out in a moment of bliss as my back was stretching just That's perfectly true. on that incline of your uh, couch's armrest. That was uh, it's a nice couch. It was magical. I reached uh, bold new heights. Huh? Reached bold new heights on that couch too. I think we need to stop the recording. I need to. Um, 
leave. <laughs> but another villain I'd like to introduce you guys to. I've got a few more um, that I think you'll like. Uh, one that you probably haven't heard of. Uh, Jake, maybe. You, you read some um, comics far and wide. But are you familiar with the comics uh, Invincible? I've heard of it. I have not read it. Okay. Um, within the comics of Invincible is the villain Dinosaurus. I'm wildly on board. Dinosaurus is a humanoid Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh my god, I'm so on board. Who causes terrorist attacks. Pterodactyl attacks, go on. Uh, in order to uh, limit the population, but specifically for the purposes of preserving life on Earth. Okay, yeah, this is like yeah. our wheelhouse. Yes. Yeah. Dinosaurus, uh, in the comics destroyed Las Vegas, but in such a way that it turned it into a giant reflective surface reflecting uh, solar radiation back into the atmosphere. And it and basically, that was his purpose, that was his goal, and then the, after they weren't able to save Las Vegas, they had to admit, well, yeah, it is having a bit of a cooling effect on global warming. I don't think it would actually work that way, but so it's either. cool. Yeah. The idea's cool. Yeah. I'm on board for the whole, like, the, the essence of the thing. Yes. I just don't think that's how that would work. I just yeah. think it's funny you waited until after so. he had already said a humanoid, a humanoid dinosaur, well, and there's like, what's this about a lake? Yeah. <laughs> there's some suspension of disbelief, but right. that one is, yes. that is too far. Um, I draw the line of reflections. Yes. Of sort of Absolutely. I, I might be misremembering that also, but I, that was my takeaway, <laughs> so it might be a bad takeaway. Um, As someone who did uh, average at best in science... It sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> Jake's the authority here, you, obviously. You punch the Earth, and then it just becomes like something that cools the entire planet. Yeah, I'm on it's board. like how Superman flew backwards really faster on the planet. I know reverse, reverse time. time. Dude, this thing is that like works right. <laughs> I know this thing is. I always have a moment of like, probably not, but okay. Yeah. Tell me more. Um, also, because I want that to be possible so bad, even though I can't fly around the Earth, I just want the idea to be possible that you can correct mistakes. Oh. Mm. It's called I, light out. <laughs> I've, I've always wished for that. Um, Dinosaurus continued to do um, terroristic acts, but was eventually caught by basically the S.H.I.E.L.D. authority in the Invincible universe. Okay. Until a story arc in which Invincible, the main character, who's a Superman stand-in, a young man uh, by the name of Mark Grayson, I believe is his name, and he's got uh, super, uh, um, flight, strength, invulnerability kind of uh, package of superpowers. Okay. And the story arc... He's realizing that sometimes, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. Authority, there's basically like a Nick Fury stand-in, and he makes a whole bunch of compromising deals with villains to do good things here or there and stuff like that. Okay. And throughout the run of the comic, Mark has uh, trouble with that. But at a certain point, it's Dinosaurus who basically convinces him and say, oh, shit, he was right. None of those people should have died. And so what Mark does, what Invincible does is break a dinosaurus out of prison and says, let's work together. You're brilliant. You know how to save the Earth. Okay. But let me stop you right there and say, no more killing people. We can do this without killing people. That's a good palsy. Until dinosaurs eventually betrayed him and then flooded all the major cities in the planet. Why? Or just because humans? He felt as though the population needed to be dwindled. It's a flood! Like God! And so, um... That's a villain road we could go down. After... <laughs> after, um... I like to make God, man. <laughs> um, he, he... Merciless. Um... Pillars of salt and all. Mm, mm, that should be his own podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry. Uh, uh, after the flooding and uh, had subsided and they saved as many people as they could, Mark then went back to their HQ to kill dinosaurs. But Dinosaurus is a giant humanoid Tyrannosaurus who is super strong and I think even his teeth have the ability to bite into um, Invincible's flesh. Whoa. Um, But here's the fun part about Dinosaurus. Dinosaurus is a normal person that turns into Dinosaurus whenever he feels bored or apathetic. What? Yes. So like Hulk, but just boredom. So when they that's originally the, that's, the, that's the trick. I'm always bored. Yes, that's him, dude. Jake just pulled up a picture of him on Google. He looks intense and mean, and it is wild to become that character out of just like, ah, oh, summer vacation. It's August. I just wish I had more. <laughs> His uh, name is David Anders, and um, he yeah. Uh, when they captured him, he um, when they beat him uh, the first time, he turned into his human form. And then they imprisoned him, but they had to keep him entertained or else he would turn back into Dinosaurus. And so when um, Invincible was trying to break him out of prison, he's just like, How, uh, turn into Dinosaurus. We need to get out of here. And he's like, no, it only works if I'm like apathetic or bored or something like That's that. That's so inconvenient. And so then Invincible starts reciting his origin to him. It's like, my powers originally started when I took out the garbage one day and I launched a garbage bag into the uh, the outer limits of the solar system accidentally and he just like kept like rattling off his origin until he's like no stop please no and he transforms into dinosaurs he's like okay let's go <laughs> okay i love that i thought you might and that's why i had to <laughs> i i had to uh, introduce you guys to dinosaurs there's a lot of uh again there's a lot of things in there that I think Steve and I are both prone to somewhat agree with. I'm mm-hmm. just sort of like, yeah, you know what? Humans, uh, humans can be a problem for uh, sustainability. Yes. Um, also, I think we're three people who are capable of like avoiding boredom by like, you know, interests. Yeah. Um, but it's like that idea of just like going from zero to six. Because it's one thing for like when Bruce Banner goes from like rage to Hulk because he's just like maxing out at his like human like emotional spectrum yeah it's like it's almost like a thermometer going past like in the cartoons when it's like too hot on a day and i just like it's, yeah. it's like pulsating yeah. and then it explodes yeah. it's like that's where it has to go like it has to go into something but to just go from like settling into just equilibrium and like tranquility or something like that and just like that's what sends him into a rageville dinosaur is like it's not even rage it's just the transformation he oh he, right because he just goes yeah hey, let's go yeah <laughs> he's just bored he's just like aver- he's just bored as a human and that's lateral move it's yeah it like goes from bored as a human to just like to a uh eco-terroristic uh humanoid tyrannosaurus with a genius iq can you imagine like being on a date of, like <sighs> a first date with someone and then all of a sudden you turn into like the you're like i'm gonna go <laughs> yeah dude that's the thing is like first dates especially because you're just like rattling off what is basically like stone cold information a lot of times because they don't know anything about you it's not just like you get down to like the ninth date and you're like here's why i think pirates are misunderstood whatevers you you reserve that for the ninth date <laughs> well you get to something where it's just like that's a third date baby i think the ninth date for me is where i finally defend the pirates of the caribbean trilogy oh, oh god i forgot about that yeah. <laughs> like the first day is just sort of like how many siblings do you have yeah. that's what i think is the most definitive because that never changes like you have different interests like what do you do what do you do for work like that changes but it's like siblings it's always like i have two siblings 
And it's just like <laughs> they do this. Yeah. No, I know. That's the thing. Is like it's like the first date because it inherently has like boring questions. They don't know anything about you, so yeah. you're like, listen up, I don't know, shit like your birthday maybe. I don't know if that's the first date, but it's just like there's just such a. I don't know. I've had a first date in a very long. Well, that's true. Mm. But it's like a risk of like yeah, constantly yeah, fucking They're threatening boredom. Yeah. Boredom is just a side effect of life. That's why dinosaurs basically comes out like all the damn time. Actually, you know what? I take that back. First date is like the least possible for him to turn into transfers, right? No, it's I'm, like, yeah, I'm it's saying like, it's funny because no, then you're I just know. like, oh, this is a bad Tinder match. Like, but I'm I'm like going back on like what I'm saying is because like the first date is actually the most exciting because you're like discovering everything. It's not until like it's like. Six years in, we're just like, you just want to watch a movie? And it's like, yeah, you choose. And you're just both tired. And that's when he just, like, accidentally turns into a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Because <laughs> it's just like, you're both, like, tired after a long work week. And you're both, like, in your pajamas by, like, 7 p.m. And just oh, like, yeah. let's just watch something until we fall asleep. Oh, God. A hard what week, and then what like, about turning into dinosaurs? <laughs> what about turning into dinosaurs during sex? Oh, that's God. Sex. That's, <laughs> if you're bored. What an indictment. Yeah. What a just. A, yeah, I yeah, just think you can't. I'm just thinking about the most inconvenient yet hilarious times for you this can't, to happen. You can't hide when you're not. When you're bored. You can't hide it. You're just like, hey, are you bored? No. Well, you just turned into a dinosaur, so I think you did. That'd be amazing. Just like. Ah! Yeah, yeah, it. I know. Just like a, all of a sudden, your first reaction your first would just be like, ah! Wait a minute! <laughs> You're that uninterested in what's happening here? It'd be even worse, too, if you're, like, more turned on after that. You're like, no, now I'm really into you, but now you're bored, damn it. Ah." Use the tail. Use the tail. Whoa. Uh Uh-huh. What that tail do? Gotcha. Yeah. Looking at this picture, though, that's... He's also, like, 20 feet tall. I don't know. He's, like, 15 feet tall. (laughs) He's fucking gigantic. He would not fit in this apartment. Almost certainly. Yeah. That's actually uh, very flattering for my studio apartment of 450 feet to say, like, a giant dinosaur... Could fit here is like uh. I just meant height wise, like the ceiling oh. too low. Wait, yeah. no, I took that reverse. That is an yeah. indictment of how small this is. Sorry, that's what. Okay, yeah, I it's like did a, not a mean to boat. indict anyone. Um, I'm indictless. I just like on this podcast, I'm just trying to build up like this persona because they can't prove anything. <laughs> <laughs> I he has a huge studio. I have apartment. a huge studio apartment. He's pro eugenics. I'm not pro eugenics. <laughs> Goddamn, but I live in a sizable apartment. Uh, that's like a lot of money and I can afford it because I have a lot of money and jet skis. Sorry, go on. <laughs> you would love to turn into dinosaurs. I would love to turn into dinosaurs. Yeah. That sounds cool as hell. Yeah, but it's a different personality. There's no uh, question that it is a different person than David Anders. In fact, David you- Anders is like a schlub. Um, one of the most uninteresting aspects of uh, the Invincible comics. That's why they almost never interact with him. They're just like... He, uh, and that's why it's apathy and boredom because he's dinosaurs is somebody who cares so much about the oh. earth and everything but David Anders is just like I don't know I don't really get into politics oh I, that's I, cool that is cool I don't that's wanna... really cool so I that's didn't realize why... that was the facet of that yeah. interesting yeah David Anders is um, a mid-twenties guy um, just a lanky white guy who's just like yeah I don't really care about um, politics. I don't really know who my representative is. I don't um, pay much attention to the news. Um, that is crazy interesting. And yeah. also, like, that thing is, like, the idea of being bored all enough to be a notable superhero sounds very hard, again, for three of us. I feel like we all have very much interest, but if mm-hmm. the person you're describing is, like, that dude's, like, prone to boredom all the time. Yeah. And then when he gets bored, he turns into this, like, over, like overly caring... Yeah, Monster. that's fucking dope. But he with goes like from, no qualms about ending human life. He goes from cool. the most boring, nothing person into like an eco terrorist who rips. Yeah. 
Ah, that's that's actually like the most that's cool. Successful. Yeah, that's like amazing. remember in this universe, he destroyed Las Vegas. Las Vegas is gone. I would like to say Good. I'm pro Las Vegas. Good. No, I'm anti Las Vegas. I, Good. I'm on the side of dinosaurs here. I'm on the fence. You guys have to convince me. Go. Uh, I think Las Vegas is uh, it's a fun place for three days. It smells like vomit constantly. You both have good points. Just how do you get bored enough in Vegas though to turn into dinosaurs? No, did he, he show up as dinosaurs? He showed up as oh, dinosaurs. Okay. Oh, okay. The but, thing is, like, once he turns into dinosaurs, dinosaurs doesn't he doesn't really turn back into him. He basically doesn't turn back until he's like defeated, knocked out, or something like that. I think he's a twenty foot tall dinosaur, oh, right. a man. So like, basically, David doesn't come back like basically at all huh. and david just seems like oh i'm really sorry all that stuff happened uh, you obviously know i didn't have anything to do with it but the bruce banner and hulk dynamic is like kind of like a win-win because like hulk is rad and so is bruce banner yes but this one is just like who all cares about david anders it, yeah exactly coming back that guy sounds like a fucking nothing well you know um if you want to save human life you got to stop dinosaurus and so you kind of like it, it's an interesting quarrel where you have to be like all right um for the sake of life on earth i think we just need the boring white guy to just right. continue his <gasps> that's life that's also horrifying that's a whole that's like so insidiously bad yeah <laughs> to save humanity we need more boring white guys no! i know even as you said that i was just like Ooh, yeah that's not good yeah no! exactly it's it's fun um there's a lot of fun things like that in that sounds super fun actually yeah, I'm, I'm actually, actually very intrigued too. I'm very intrigued by that now. I think you would really like the Invincible comic books I gotta hit the comic book store right after this podcast um so that was Dinosaurs the rips huge fan um here's another one that uh might be uh interesting for you guys uh Jake you might be familiar with him a little bit are you familiar with the um the War of the Lanterns yes so the different... Uh, I, can, I get that reference. Ah, yes. <laughs> was, was it Captain America? Ah. Wait, I understood that reference. I understood that reference. Sorry, yes. I kind of butchered no, the line. So but I actually, I do, I, I've heard of the War of the Lanterns. I have yes. heard of it. So, so a few years ago, they introduced the concept of not only Green Lanterns, not only Yellow Lanterns, but basically a full electromagnetic spectrum of emotion and power fueled by that emotion. And at one end of the spectrum is red for rage. And the people who tapped into that, the person specifically who tapped into that, was Atrocitus. Ooh, that's a cool name. I thought you'd like that. He's this scary-looking... Like yes. <laughs> He's this uh, scary-looking, sharp-toothed, red, like, monster alien uh, who has the power of the Red Lantern. And um, he has spread uh, the Red Lantern core uh, as far as he can. But he wasn't always like that. And the thing is that his goal... I think we can all agree, um, probably correct, and he has every right to be mad. Atrocitus was actually originally named Atros. He was um, an alien on a mm, relatively like low-technology planet, uh, but it was a very harsh planet. When okay. he was a young person, uh, he lost his mother, he lost his father, and then at a young age he has to survive on his own. And he did in order to marry and then have three kids and then he lost all of them oh, oh my god. god when the manhunters invaded not john no the manhunters the original manhunters were how the guardians of the universe protected the um the universe before they had green lanterns they were the androids 
Okay. They were these androids that they called the Manhunters that were basically used as a police force. <laughs> and the androids basically, at one point, and this is a, a documented point in the Green Lantern history, but the Manhunters went wild and destroyed an entire sector of the universe. Who could have foreseen that be the bad PR coming to fruition of naming space cops Manhunters? Yes. Mm-hmm. In the lore of the DC Universe, uh, the universe is um, an ever-expanding um, sphere, let's say. In yeah. The Guardians have divided it up into... Uh, I'm going to mess up this number. I believe it is 2,700 um, sectors, okay. which are um, basically uh, cones that go out in oh. this sphere. So that's how they're broken up uh, into. I believe that's how it is. Uh, okay. Earth, I believe, falls into sector... Is that 2418? No, I think that's wrong. Um, but those sound like the same, same numbers. Yeah. They might be in the wrong order. Um, I only know that might be wrong because you said they might be wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, Atrocitus, or Atros's um, sector that was obliterated by the Manhunters, was Sector 666. Yes! Sick. Yes. Sick, sick. Sick, sick, sick. The mark of the beast. 666. Hail Satan! <laughs> Is Shut up. <laughs> almost no, I I uninhabited because the Manhunters, and that is a sliver of the universe that the Manhunters obliterated. For Satan. Yes. Well, Satan is a villain we should have gotten into. <laughs> Satan just wanted to like be able to question God, okay? Yeah, actually, uh, there's an episode to be done about uh, fictional interpretations Satan. of Satan. Yeah, actually, Absolutely. I would like to be on that as well with Stevie because... Also I like that you just assume that it's going to be my episode. <laughs> you just said Satan like four times. It's true. And I've been sitting here with the fucking yeah. devil. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, um, so because his family was murdered by uh, the Manhunters, which were agents of the Guardians of the Universe, yeah. uh, in order to police the universe, that's when they're just like, all right, scrap the Manhunters. Uh, we're going to use the green light and make green lanterns. And so that's when they started equipping people with green lantern rings to police the universe. Papering over the fact that they obliterated an entire sector. Like, imagine if, like, an American, like, police force just obliterated a state. And we're just like, all right, we ain't going to talk about that. And we're going to change things up a little bit. Instead of these guys, we're going to use these guys. Drone strikes. <laughs> yes. Floribama, which no longer exists. Go yeah. on. Yeah, and um, so he basically became um, a terrorist in the eyes of the Guardians, uh, trying to destroy them because they destroyed his sector, they destroyed his family, they destroyed his planets and his entire species. Um, he is basically one of only five people who survived the destruction of Sector 666. Oh my god. Whoa. That's trillions of lives. Oh my god. Yes. What about the other four? The other four, they banded together and they formed what the Guardians called a terrorist faction called the Five Incursions. Okay, dope name. And uh, they basically tried to um, disrupt the Guardians, um, eventually getting caught, eventually getting banished to a prison planet uh, called Ysmalt. With what's his name? Um, the other um, f uh, four incursions as well. Uh, I was going to make the prison planet joke of that guy on Twitter. The prison planet? Oh, Prison Planet Paul. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> a, a, a most cursed fate. A most cursed fate, yeah. Uh, Paul Watson. Paul Joseph Watson That's is definitely on your smalt. That guy fucking sucks. But using basically arcane magics, so to speak, Atrocitus and the other, uh, uh, the rest of the five incursions 
basically did a spell to look into the future and they saw the War of the Lanterns, the War of Light. And that's where they learned that they could tap the red uh, light for okay. rage. And that is when they made the first Red Lantern, where Atrocitus took it and became... Basically, the other four uh, of the five incursions had to be sacrificed. Using their blood created the cool. first Lantern. Cool. Atrocitus being the last remaining. And the, and the uh, first uh, um, and the prime Red Lantern. The Red Lantern ring, um, it uh, gets drawn to people who feel great rage. Uh, like Atrocitus for having his entire sector, people, race, family destroyed. Uh, justifiably mad. Justifiably mad. And his the, the subject of his anger deserves it. Yeah. Uh, Red Lanterns um, seek out people that feel great rage. Okay. Um, but once they get put on, you kind of go into a bit of a blood feud. Like you can't... Uh, mm-hmm. a, 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 a blood madness. You can't stop. You're just angry all the time you're impulsive you're destructive you're a loose cannon he's a loose cannon yeah (laughs) they are uh capable of making constructs with their rings like the red lanterns are but the thing that they do like the green lanterns do thank you um and but the thing that makes them different than green lanterns is that they are able to basically they're constantly generating blood that they vomit up that acid that's rage that's so red fucking cool. and it burns through green lantern constructs whoa so when they first encountered red lanterns the green lanterns were severely over uh, like overpowered they're just like oh they're burning through our constructs we can't do shit about it too much blood too much blood i should also <laughs> mention um uh another red lantern is the red lantern dex star dex okay. star I like that name a lot is actually a cat named Dexter. Fucking, I oh, love yeah, this character. I've seen this. I've seen this on Tumblr. Yes. I forgot about that. I was very excited about it because I was like, oh, look at that pissed off cat. Yep. It, w- it is oh, just an it. earth cat. It's cinnamon. It's my cat. Yes. When her, fl- cool. when her switch flips and she goes psycho, it's cinnamon. But, you know, they, <gasps> they did the origin of Dexter. Um, oh, it was really sad. Yes. Yeah, it's Dexter. really, really yes. sad. That's another villain I think you guys would um, appreciate. I honestly, that one might almost be like technically a bias, just because it's like a cat. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, whatever the cat wants to do is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with like the dog. Like if crypto ever went insane, it'd just be like, yeah, whatever crypto wants to do is fine. Yes. <laughs> but that is um, Atros slash Atrocitus of the Red Lanterns. He doesn't even sound like a villain, really. No, he isn't necessarily. A bad guy. He's right. He, I, I, It's very much the uh, PR of just like, well, he's a terrorist. I'm like, well, he's trying to get back at the people who murdered a sector of the universe. You guys basically, like, it's one of those like cop things of just like, yeah, we did an investigation. We're sorry. We did mess up. Uh, we, we're we're going to try and do better. I'm like, yeah. that's not justice. That's not what... This, this kind of, like, cockamamie bullshit happens all the fucking time where, mm-hmm. like, powerful institutions do insane shit and then they get away with it because, oh, we're responsible for policing ourselves, so um, we found ourselves not guilty. But it's almost like holding... It's almost like calling Leia a terrorist for wanting to, like, 
killed Grand Moff Tarkin for like blowing up like Alderaan. Isn't that like yeah. the? Isn't that yeah? That's like what the Empire said. It's like these guys are t- these rebels right. are terrorists. They are terrorists. Like, I mean, they did blow up the Death Star, and there were people on it. But yeah, that again, he sounds pretty. Not, uh, he sounds pretty in the right in yeah, a lot of regards. Right. He, he, I, I feel like you wanted to say chill. He's definitely not chill. He is the. He, he's like, no dinosaurs. I'm but, super yeah. chill all the time. <laughs> super chill all the time. But yeah, he's he's right. He's arguably one of the most right that we've like talked about thus far. Yeah, because he's just he just wants to end the Guardians, which is yeah. just a bunch of really powerful, very short aliens that is like just twelve of them. There's fucking twelve right. of them. He's just like, hey, you need to pay, and they're like, no, we don't. And they're like, oh, I disagree. <laughs> okay, I did. I thought you'd be a little more uh, receptive yeah. to my criticism. Uh, I thought you might I have sub- a case for this. I submitted a strongly worded letter, and you did not respond. Uh, uh, so I will burn your house down. I didn't want to resort to Plan B. <laughs> plan B was um, blood feud. Yeah, I like the idea of uh, Plan A being just like several like strongly worded letters, and then Plan B is blood feud. Yeah, <laughs> too much blood feud. One would say. I uh, arguably yes. So that is Atrocitus. Uh, Fucking killer name too, dude. You're really bringing the heat right now. I I like to think so. Um, I want to throw a little bit of a curveball and step out of comic books and talk about anime. Have you guys seen Death Note? Yeah, no. and I read some of it. Death Note, the premise is a teen, uh, Japanese teenager finds um, a notebook in um, the field at his school, and he's basically a all-A student, perfect student, um, basically like in high regard in many uh, parts of uh, his uh, town. Um, he's the police chief's son. Um, his name is Light Yagami. And when he finds this notebook, this notebook is called a death note. And it belong, it's the lost property of a um, Japanese death demon or something like that. Uh, but basically, it, it, once you write somebody's full name in the death note... Mm-hmm. They die. They die. Okay. <laughs> but on the borders of the death note has a whole bunch of very complicated rules. So it's just that. You have to have a picture of them in your mind. So you can't just say uh, uh, John Smith. You have to be thinking of the John okay. Smith when you write it. Uh-huh. You also have the ability to cancel that order by um, scratching it out. Um, and you also have the ability to control that person up to a certain point. Hmm. Uh, basically, mind control them for, I think the limit was 24 hours okay. before their death. If you just write their name in, they die of cardiac arrest. Just gone. Okay. But you can write the method of their death as well. Cool. Hit by motorcycle. Hangs self. Um, eaten by coyotes. Yeah. Cool. And I would just write eaten by coyotes for everybody. The story of death. I gotta feed the coyote mouth. You gotta. Just gotta. <laughs> That's actually pretty nice. Um, <laughs> fucking humans. But basically the story of Death Note is about him becoming corrupted and tempted by this power to, and that he says is to uh, make a better world. He wants to kill all the criminals. Okay. So every night on the news, he sees mugshots of criminals and stuff like that, and he just starts knocking them off his list. Every day, he's like mm. knocking out okay. like 12 criminals until he basically becomes a phenomenon himself. Like Somebody is out there, and he t- adopts the name Kira. Okay. Um, because it's uh, a Japanese approximation of, of killer. killer. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, basically the story of Death Note is him like... Not only first doing this, but then running afoul of the Japanese police and then trying to cover it up 
and do I kill people that uh, found my identity or d- in order to cover my tracks? And basically, it's Whoa. a lot of cat and mouse game, and I highly recommend Death Note. Okay. But basically, like, you have this power, and he's... It's hard to argue necessarily with his original motivation. The Where it gets to is a place where it's just like, all right, now you're just trying to cover your uh, cover your tracks at this right. point, and you're killing like more good people than bad people at this point. Right. Um, mm, that's not good. And so it, it's a real fun cat and mouse, real smart like play interplay with him and uh, the police forces as they're trying to track him. But, you know, if you have the power of the Death Note, you're just like, huh. Yeah. There's uh, a few people that need to go, and you could just... Do it. Never mind that. I would just, like, even if I have compunctions of, against killing, which I do, for the record, I should I just state, I, I don't like killing. A little hesitant there, but okay. A little hesitant. <laughs> um, understandably hesitant. Uh, but you have the ability to control them also for 24 hours. Only, be, But only with the guarantee that they're going to die at the end. You can cross out their name after they've accomplished what you, you had oh, them right. do. Right, yeah, duh. Oh my god, I would love that. So, you have mm-hmm. basically the powers of mind control with, if you fuck up, you kill someone. Yes. Yeah. Crossing out the name was on my to-do list and I just forgot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just like, oh, you know, slip of the mind. But, um, Light Yagami, Kira, from Death Note. He's uh, one I'd like uh, Is he a villain? Or is he the main character? He's, he's the, main, the character main character and a villain. Yeah, that's the thing. He's huh. the main character, and um, you kind of follow his reasoning. It's very Breaking Bad-ish. Yeah, I was just say. Like, you're just like, okay, I was with you up until a point. Right. And then what the point you fall off is different for everybody. That is also, uh, as we talked about Breaking Bad, that I think is like a fascinating arc for any story, where it's like the hero becomes a villain eventually, and not like... But because they're the yeah. protagonist, you basically side with them, or at least see their perspective for longer than maybe you should have. Right. Right. Those those kinds of uh, stories always fascinate me, because the point like where everyone gets off is like different for... Yeah. Everyone. I mean, I remember with Breaking Bad, everybody was getting mad at people for still being sympathetic to Walt. Which is totally fair. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, but the thing is, it's different for everybody. Everybody right. had a point where it's just like, oh, we've gone too far. And the thing is, it isn't even just like a, a, a sudden drop-off or anything like that. Usually it's like, oh, I think I th- think we're past the border. I, yeah. think, yeah. I think we've gone a while away. Uh, I've walked too far. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, uh, human beings are not moral creatures. We're justifying creatures. We Whoa. do what we want to do, and then we justify it afterwards. Oh, my God. What? Is that true? So, to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, we have morality. We have our principles and everything like that. But generally speaking, we do what we feel we need to at the moment, especially if we have a short amount of time or we believe the circumstances warrant it. And then we make up the reasoning afterwards. Yeah, it's uh, the covering the tracks part is when it starts being like, this is like a selfish endeavor. Because we're talking about like you can kill on like mass scale if it's just like indifferent. Yeah. I also don't think that that's true in real life. But no, you, this think, you think more about selective breeding and humans is actually... God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so the thing is like when you get selective about like your reasoning and the reasoning is like, like for the personal benefit of yourself... Like, the selective reasoning of just, like, yeah, this person to, like, only benefit me yeah. instead of, like, benefit the greater good. Yeah. The like, greater good. Uh, that's when I was just like, yeah, that's some villainy shit. I also take issue with uh, uh, Kira just because uh, he was killing already captured prisoners. They were on the news because they had already been arrested oh. kind of thing. Uh, you want to take town Osama bin Laden or Abu Bakr uh, Baghdadi or um, um, fuck any number of, like, at-large uh, psychopaths, be my guest, but... 
Uh, no, I'm on like, this podcast. Oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I li- I named the two um, uh, terrorists who are already dead. So. Yeah. For now, but every good story has the villains come back. Yes. Um, okay. That yeah. That that is a, a classic like case of like wrestling with your. When do you get off like a yeah. bus that's getting yeah. a like, or runaway train kind of yeah starts picking up speed and you're like uh no and it's like for, I like that idea of just being like okay all right okay okay whoa whoa hey 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 whoa <laughs> too far dude too far hey <laughs> you know, it's like and it's like everyone's like different invitation has like a yeah different stopping up point mm-hmm. um now I have basically kind of a combo I want to deliver. Type. Uh, these are two characters from two different properties and two different mediums, but they both um, fit into a very similar category, which is um, I don't. They they're like I believe this shouldn't exist, and so I will do everything I can to obliterate it. Mm-hmm. And they have the power to do it. Okay. So the first uh, uh, I'll say is um, from My Hero Academia, the anime. A character called Stain the Hero Killer. Now, if you're not familiar with the anime My Hero Academia, it's a uh, anime in which 80% of the population has superpowers. They call them quirks. Everybody has uh, 80% has at least one quirk. Um, and um, Stain, and so in this new world where basically the pop mass population has uh, superpowers, they basically have an industry of popular superheroes registered superheroes who uh do superheroics on behalf of the state uh fighting supervillains but also uh, avoiding calamities doing search and rescue stuff like that yeah um but because the uh, it's basically a commercialized branded property the term hero is essentially a career less a um title right you know, uh, that person is heroic, no longer necessarily enters into it. It's like, oh, well, that person's a paid and, like, assigned hero to do this. It's a job. Wait, treated like a bodyguard or treated like a cop? Like a cop. Okay. Yeah, and so it's more like they're, like, a gladiator where it's their profession yes. to fight. Yeah. I see. And they have the ability to use their platform to um, make more money. Some of them get into branding, merchandise. This sounds very like- similar to the premise of The Boys. That Amazon show? Yes. I read the comic, The Boys. I haven't seen oh. the show, but I want to see... Was that Morrison? Uh, uh, NS. Although it is where I got my catchphrase, uh, spins balls like whirling dervishes. Do you say that? Yeah, my catchphrase. I say it all the time. <laughs> spins balls like whirling dervishes. It's better than my catchphrase, which is just... <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Stain the Hero Killer believes that too many people have adopted the title of hero. He believes you guys are all, you know, wolves and sheep scoving. You don't deserve the title of hero. There's like one or two of you who actually like mean it or actually doing it to like save people. The rest of you are just trying to get a paycheck and everything like that. So he's. Right. She's. Uh, she's. Oh, that catchphrase? She needs a minute. <laughs> 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 That's incredible. That makes me want to kill humans less. Yeah. Oh. See, that's what I was hoping for at the end of this podcast. Oh. But we're not at the end yet. Actually, this podcast has made me want to kill humans more. Ah, damn it. Because 
I feel like there's been a lot of reasons to do so in so. a lot of different ways yeah, that make same. sense. Well, I feel like all of us are pretty uh, hard up on the climate change uh, train that's just like, hey, we need to fucking stop. So, and it looks like the only way that's going to happen in the time frame that we need it to right. is violence and destruction. Or, or, as Bertrand Zobra suggested, maybe nonviolent means. Oh my God. Just a virus that just makes just some eugenics. people sterile. Okay, but it's like, indi- it's indifferent. It, eugenics is But as Stevie pointed selective. out, white people oh, right. and rich forgot, people yeah, will be able people. to circumvent that. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I don't like that. Also, if that you played the Mass Effect games, you remember the Krogans were very much harmed by the uh, Xenophage, which was Mass Effect. very good game. I know. But the, the Krogans were deemed too violent a race, and so they checked their numbers by making it so that basically one in a hundred Krogans survived being born. Okay. So, I'm not saying Bertrand Zobers' plan was perfect. Anyway... <laughs> But uh, Stain is um, basically like hunting, killing, and um, uh, maiming um, heroes that uh, he believes do not fit the title of hero. And um, uh, in that same category, I want to introduce a Thor villain called Gore the God Butcher. His names are metal as hell. Yes, Gore, G-O-R-R. Uh, he was basically introduced in a Thor comic that came out uh, not too long ago. Uh, but basically, he was uh, much like Atrocitus, um, basically uh, a less technologically savvy world, um, a harsh world, where he, in fact, while I was telling Atrocitus a story, I'm like, oh, wait, I think that's a gore. No, wait, it applies to both of them, I believe. Really? Okay. Um, but, yeah, gore basically... Um, Lives a really hard life. Actually, did I confuse some of their story? Atrocitus lost his family. That is true. Okay. I don't believe anything was mentioned about his parents. The parents' story applies to Gore, where he gotcha. lost his mother, lost fam- his father, uh, lived on his own for a bit, um, and then lost his uh, family through just hardship on a hard planet. Uh, it's such a primitive planet, the planet didn't even necessarily have a name yet. But... Um, they had um, primitive deities. They had gods that they worshipped, that they prayed to for help. And by the end of it, uh, Gore gets cast out of his village because he's just like, the gods haven't helped me. My whole family's fucking dead. Um, these guys are assholes if they exist, and I don't think they exist. And so they're like, you're a heretic. Get the fuck out of the village. And while he's like wandering the village, basically left to die, he stumbles upon two gods doing battle in the woods. Uh, one in golden armor and one um, a, a demon type god or something a god of ill intent I think it was but basically he's just like oh shit they're real they just weren't listening so uh, he, huh. the um, god of the evil god or something like that has um, is some kind of symbiote looking like tendril goopy thing venom ish um, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, it. Uh, part of him gets uh, bonded with Gore and f- makes uh, a, a special blade that allows him to kill gods. And so he's just like, Whoa. with the golden god, literally, that was like laying before him, he used this new sword to and slew him and killed him. Cool. Starting what would be a career of millennia killing the gods of different planets and cultures and species um interacting with thor even in the ninth century 
Thor met him for the first time. It was ninth century. Yeah, that's that why he looks like Voldemort. A bit, yeah. Um, Aesthetics. Yes, he, he he looks pretty badass. But yeah, he ran into Thor when Thor was just a kind of a dumb brute uh, in Iceland in the ninth century. They found um, the bodies of uh, uh, the washed up body of a Native American god. Um, that Gore had killed, Whoa. and then uh, Thor stumbled on him as he was murdering some Slavic gods, I believe. Jesus. Um, no, not the Slavic gods. I like those. And uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it away. So it's like Native God, the American God, like winds up and just like, uh huh, and there's like killed the Slavic gods. Oh, like, okay. Oh no, not the white gods. <laughs> <laughs> The timing on that was really bad. <laughs> you're about hey, though I have I have an Native American god on my arm. It's true. So there you go. I noticed that one's dead though. Well, <laughs> so are most Native Americans, unfortunately. Mm. I did too not late. think we would get to this. Point. <laughs> too late. Too late. Not, not too, too soon. soon. Too, too late. late. <laughs> but yeah, Gore basically. Uh, that was uh, interaction with that Thor basically barely survived. And then he would later interact with uh, Gore later. Uh, actually, the, um, the only way that Gore was actually beaten in the story arc was actually three Thors from three different time periods. So, Thanks. Avenger Thor, 9th century kind of dumb brute Thor. Mm-hmm. And then Old Man King of Asgard Thor, so. who had been basically the only reason why Asgard was the only thing left that Gore had not conquered. Okay. Gore had basically either killed or enslaved every god in the universe and was using them as slave labor to mine the materials he needed to make a god bomb. Something that he was going to use to drop at the beginning of time to kill all deities. Whoa. Whoa, yeah, dude. Fuck. And he, when he kills yeah, a god, like super he takes their abilities as well. Oh, shit. So his, the time travel thing was not just a what? like a, a, an aspirational goal. He actually sought out some time-traveling gods from a species of another planet somewhere, and he's just like, I could use this. Wait, so that's... He's shopping. But yeah. now I have a problem with him, because it's like, at first it's like, I mean, look, killing the gods, I at least understand where he's coming from. They're not listening, whatever. These are powerful creatures that are not doing anything to help those like lower They're them. Powerful, but he's like absorbing blood. the powers. Yeah. So he's killing all the gods and becoming a super god. Yeah. Yeah, that seems that's he barks into like selfish territory. I'm I'm glad you picked up on that because that's ultimately also how they got one up on him because the goop he was usually uh, he was dropping to make kind of like drones or something like that aspects yeah. of himself as kind of just. Uh, um, what? Bodies to be used, or as um, kind of a, a small army. That's why he was able to conquer like the universe. Yeah. Um, and they were different aspects of himself. One of them looked a lot like his dead son, which also had the part of him that uh, could be described as maybe self-loathing. Hmm. And so um, the reason why the Thors were able to get one up on him is when uh, he had to. When he was distracted and struck down his, the embodiment of his dead son and of his self-loathing, yep. when he called him the only god left. It's like, you uh, sought to kill all the gods and you end up becoming the, the biggest asshole there is. Right. Yeah. You are the big man on top. 
Yeah. You've done nothing for anybody. Yeah. You have taken all of this power, you've shed all this blood, and um, you are uh, the biggest asshole of them all. You've enslaved anything that's left to live that are all Asgardians or Greek Olympians and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that's another thing, is that it wasn't just like him like killing off the gods from not listening. He's like, like the gods weren't enslaving people and he started enslaving gods as he started creating like slaves to I think like, we could, serve himself yeah anything we know about like greek mm. mythology or any of the mythologies we know the deities of those religions suck major ass right and if you have the ability to knock them off their pedestal go for it that is if anything a lesson that to be taken away from this episode which is fuck the guys on top because they ain't helping us right right uh, they had a responsibility. We they were given power with responsibility, and they only used one and not fulfilled the other. Right. And so, fuck them, knock them off their perch. I don't give a shit. But now, you haven't done anything for me either. You are the uh, end all be all god now. Uh, you are one of the last things at the end of the universe. Uh, all life as we know it is gone it's just a bunch of long living assholes and you at the top with your army and your sword and your time bomb uh, god bomb this is where this is the only villain so far where I have understood them more in the beginning and then progressively as I have learned more been more like fuck this guy yeah, yeah. interesting yeah I, I, interesting yeah, yeah. that's it's semi-intentional. Because at least in the end, like, uh, like Stan the Hero Killer was just like, hey, you're good. Okay. And his whole directive, like, even though, you know, killing is killing is wrong. But, like, uh, he, <laughs> he, like, understands, like, the balance of sorts. It's like, oh, you're actually pure heart type. But, yeah. like, this You're an dude, actual hero? Like, Stan's whole thing is, like, don't call yourself a hero if you ain't actually one. Right. The idea of a profession of heroes sucks. Don't call yourselves heroes. Call yourselves bodyguards or right. cops or search and rescue or anything. <clears throat> right. But then Don't he, call yourself heroes. But then he becomes sustained the search and rescue killer. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, Ooh, with, that sounds bad. <laughs> that's, bad. <laughs> that's bad PR. That's bad PR. Uh, <laughs> Gore, the god butcher, though, is just like, dude, he just like lacks self awareness. And that's like almost something. One thing that I can't of, get behind that. Yeah, no, there's like a weird thing that like all the other ones is like, may disagree with like but you understand it even if you're like look what they did was wrong but you understand where they're coming from but that's because they have an awareness of like the problem at hand Mm -hmm. this dude is almost like too easily manipulated into power yeah yeah like he's just like it sounded like it didn't take much it was like they're not listening they're not fucking helping us yeah got people on top fuck them like uh for not looking after us or like even trying to or even paying attention when they could very easily just do minor things that would make Everyone's like, wait, so they have all that power and magic, and they yeah. bestow blessings in all right. sorts of stories. But why do the blessings stop? But like, uh, yeah, that's just a, um, it's almost like Robin Hood. If at first was like, hey, those people are too rich, so I'm gonna steal from them. I'm like, cool. It's like, and I'm gonna keep all the money for myself. It's like, hold on, yeah, wait a minute. yeah. His whole yeah. thing is like, these rich people like are all rich, while the poor people have nothing. Fuck that. And you're like, yeah, dude. He's like, I'm gonna steal from the rich. It's like, fucking right, man. He's like, yeah, these poor people have nothing. Fuck that. And then takes all the money and keeps it from him. It's like, uh, there's a second part to this narrative, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and then he just loves being rich and he builds like the biggest house and he starts being like the piece, most piece of shit rich person. Like, yeah, I disagree with Gore. Yeah. Gore. We have some issues with Gore. Yeah. Yeah, I have one more I just want to introduce, which is, did you guys ever see the movie 
Cabin in the Woods. I didn't, and I have been meaning to for years. It is. I got tricked into seeing it. Yeah. Did you not like it? No. Okay. I, I got tricked into seeing it because I was told, oh, it's not actually a slasher movie. It's a deconstruction of slasher movies. They forgot to mention that it is, while that, also, also a slasher movie. Also a slasher movie. And uh, I'm Scaredy Cat. Honestly. I said on my uh, this last recording and the recording before that, I'm an absolute coward. I don't like scary movies. Uh, so I got tricked into watching it while I watched some teenagers um, get like just hack and slashed. Um, oh, no. With some really interesting, yeah, deconstructions about the tropes of Cabin in the Woods, teenagers, stuff like that. Okay. The premise being that um, the organization has to do this. They have um, basically um, branches in a whole bunch of parts of the world where they one of them has to succeed in order to basically perform a ritual that appeases the Elder Gods. Or else, life on Earth is gone. And part of the ritual is... Like, the dumb blonde girl. The the whore, the jock, the uh, fool. um, Oh, yeah, okay. I don't remember the... Oh, the virgin. Oh, the virgin. Oh, it's only four. I thought it was... You're right, it is four. It's not five. Um, But basically, uh, they have to... Like, they have... They have been, like, basically subjecting these, like, teenagers. They're like, okay, we found a group. They basically, like, kind of incept them. Basically, little by little, by, like, getting them into this cabin that they have complete, absolute, like, technological control over. They're filling the place with, like, pheromones that make everybody horny and stupid. My Um, my, Honestly, like, there's lots of things I don't like about this, but I thought one of the more clever things was, like, to make the girl into the whore. They they kind of convinced her, in a way, to, like, dye her hair blonde, and they're like, cool, we put this, like, this isn't scientifically a thing, but they're like, cool, we put this thing... In the hair dye box, that's going to make her more stupid. Yeah. Like so, so she just huh. acts like a ditz the whole time, and they're like, "She's a chemistry like major. She's like oh. brilliant." And the yeah. thing is, huh. there's this little bit of a um, monologue when um, basically the whole plan comes undone because the fool is a druggie, and basically all the drugs they've been submitting to him, he's immune to because he's built up such a tolerance. Oh, I love it. So basically, he. We think he gets killed off camera, like, in, near, like, the middle of the movie or something like that. Like, oh, rest in peace, fool. But he actually, like, beat the, like, monster that he was up against. And then, like, found his way into the, like, future, high-tech, like, um, subterranean domain under this, like, shitty Cabin in the Woods, uh, Evil Dead-like ripoff. Where they have basically caged monsters of every type and form werewolves basilisks mm-hmm. they have a unicorn what? they have uh basically like the <laughs> look at the unicorns in there yeah it, it, it and the thing is that like they have rules that they have to abide by in order to fulfill the ritual so they have to choose the manner of their own destruction so when they get into the cabin they basically are made aware of a basement of a whole bunch of knickknacks and stuff right. like that and basically the first one that gets played with is like all right unleash that creature um, there's this joke going where you follow the um, two guys played by uh, Bradley Whitford from um, I love Bradley Whitford uh, the West Wing yeah. and I forget the other actor's name um, but basically they're just like two business guys in like a shirt and they got they kind of are the technician that are running the whole ritual gotcha. in America yeah. because the the okay. kind of crux of the thing is they have branches all around the world but basically 
all the other rituals failed. You see a little bit of a uh, sample of like uh, it's basically down to America and Japan to see uh, if one of them has to succeed in yeah. order to please the elder gods. And the American ritual is different because it involves the jock, the whore, the virgin, and the right. fool. The Japanese one uh, has like little kids subjected to like a grudge type situation and you see basically the kids are just like we saved it with love and they like basically like purify the spirit and they're like fuck behind the scenes like the organization is losing their mind they're just like fuck the the kids were supposed to die yeah the great thing with the American group especially at the beginning is they're very flippant about the technicians are like very flippant like they're taking bets on like which one's gonna pick which who's gonna die first like they're being just like so like just like another day at work spin in the chair like they're very flippant they have a basically interdepartmental betting pool on not only like who dies first but what they unleash. Yeah. So they have a big whiteboard of like, and Bradley Whitford's character is uh, rather hilariously like dead set on mermaids. He's like, nobody picks mermaid. I I, I feel like this is the year mermaid. And it's like, <laughs> I forgot about that. And he's like, I, it's going to be mermaids. I has, I, I want to see mermaids unleashed. I, I want to see them die by mermaids. And that's like his thing the whole time. He's like, he's the only one who bet on mermaids. And, um, when the teenagers do pick the um, the means by uh, of their death, I think they, I don't know, um, played a record or read a diary. Yeah, I, I think remember. it was read a diary or something like that. And it unleashed a bunch of uh, undead hicks. Uh, like ty- kind of right. like Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets like um, uh, Night of the Living Dead kind of thing. Right. Basically, the teenagers get picked off one by one, except for the fool and the virgin. And uh, when they pick the means of their destruction, which they have to do in order to fulfill the ritual, it has to be self-selected, even though up until this point they've been drugged and led basically this whole way here. Because they're just like following like the letter of the ritual and not necessarily the spirit of it. Okay. But it's still enough. Up until this point, it has been enough. So the organization's whole purpose is... Keep the elder gods at bay. Right. If we do not perform these rituals, if one of them doesn't succeed, we all die. Right. And are, they are the villains. They are the bad guys of this. But arguably, it's just like, a, all right, five teenagers, five or four, need to die in order to do this. In order to save the world? And basically the... the uh, greater gods, good. The greater good. The greater good kind of thing. Um, cool part of Cabin in the Woods is when they break into the underground uh, lair of the organization. Yeah. And uh, they basically see trapped in these like kind of moving cells and cell blocks and stuff like that is all the possibilities that they could have unleashed on themselves, one of them being the mermaid. And so in order to beat the organization and survive, they unleash everything in the headquarters. Whoa. It's honestly, for as much as I hate like horror and everything like that, if you just look up on YouTube, the scene of just like um, uh, everything getting unleashed, there's a scene where like uh, security guards come down to like arrest them and stuff like that. They got machine guns trained on them and they're like, here goes nothing. And they push the button that opens all the cells and it's just like at all at once a whole bunch of just hell breaks out of the walls and it's like a giant snake eats a guy a giant bat picks up one guy rips him in half a man bat yeah (laughs) um and bradley whitford's character gets eaten by a mermaid oh really yeah so this like horrible like piranha looking thing like crawls over he's been knocked down or something like that stunned or whatever i can't remember and this horrible piranha thing just crawls over to him on his belly and he's like a mermaid. He's like, no, and he just it 
cuts away as it, he dies by the mermaid. No way. Uh, that, so the thing is, like, I'm not a horror person, and, I mean, that movie was on my list to see because it's, like, after enough hype, uh, I'll, I'll definitely go see a horror movie because people, there's a lot of mechanics of the genre that work in a way that, like, if you don't necessarily dig on those, they don't, that genre's just not for you. Like, when people don't like noir, I understand because that's a yeah. genre that's that's yeah. very limited and horror. Well, horror isn't limited, but like, um, there's just like a lot of mechanics of like scares and stuff like that. Like certain movies, that, like I still got to see Hereditary. Like there's certain movies that get like yeah. hyped up as like this I've is, like, heard a really good things movie. about a whole bunch of scary movies. Yeah, I can't see them. I'll read them on Wikipedia. But I got tricked into watching Cabin in the Woods because I was told, oh, it's not actually scary, right. right? By some people I trusted, who I no longer trust yeah. anymore. It's like when they like a dessert. What is they like, were talking about was like. Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is right. like a deconstruction of the slasher film. I haven't seen that movie. I gotta see the movie again. We've we've covered a lot of things that you have decided to uh, engage with. Again. Oh, I have yeah. so much media to get at, and also but, speaking of Bradley Whitford as a uh, a villain, real quick, I just say this because we definitely got off track of Cabin in the Woods. Uh, another character that I think I've agreed more with in age is Bradley Whitford as the villain of Billy Madison. Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna say Get Out. <laughs> The well, fucking, you know, the like, eugenics whole, like... Yeah, like, God damn it. <laughs> but, like, I like remember being like, what? This can't be such a dick. Billy Madison's, like, learned a lot. He's, like, super chill. But it's like, come on. Like, yeah. that is basically... That guy is voting for, like, I have been here. I have earned this. And there's, like, nepotism of a kid so stupid that he has to retake grade school to inherit the company. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, kind of side with uh, Bradley Whitford in that. I've actually never seen it. It was but... Bradley Whitford. Yeah. That was that role. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway... That... Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that is the uh, the organization uh, from Cabin in the Woods. Okay. I agree. That's that. There's lots of reasons why I didn't like that movie. I thought it was very like sometimes with Joss Whedon's like stuff he's produces like oh my god look at how clever I am. Yeah, like Joss uh, Whedon is very much up his. He's ass. Aaron Sorkin for a different kind of nerd. Correct. Yes. Um, and it's it's he's just he's just uh, Aaron Sorkin for uh, a slightly younger generation. That's it. Aaron Aaron, Aaron Sorkin's a boomer. Um, he's a Gen Xer. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, but uh, it's 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 the reason why I didn't like Cabin in the Woods is the same reason why I didn't really. Which uh, it's less. I can still watch Cabin in the Woods. I cannot fucking watch Lego Movie. The thing with Cabin in the Woods, I also did not like how it ended, because yes. uh, because I, the, they fail. They fail. Um, the, um, the fool and the virgin are just like, yeah, fuck it. I don't want to sacrifice myself. Uh, basically, Sigourney Weaver shows up and says, yeah, he has to die. You kill him, and she's like, no. And it, it, it's infuriating because I'm just like, okay, cool. So you're not going to sacrifice him, and but you're still going to die anyways. Yeah. Like, it, it was just very frustrating. Like, I was just like, this is really, right. this is like the whole mo- point. It made the whole point of the movie really pointless to me. Yeah. Wait. Uh, okay. Explain. What do you mean? If like, he who, doesn't die, the Elder Gods come and everybody on Earth The dies. fool was still alive at the very end, and he was supposed to be long dead, and the virgin was supposed to be the only actually, one that sur- survived. The virgin was actually about to consider it. She's like, okay, he has to die, but basically he... Um, uh, lets her get attacked by a werewolf in stalls and so they're like eh fuck it and they both have a cigarette as uh, an elder god pops his hand up out of the earth and Just that's how the movie ends. Do they believe in the elder gods? It doesn't matter if you believe in the no, elder gods but, or not. No but I mean like do they like the Yes Yes, they believe in the. They believe in the premise. They believe in the existence of these things that the will. The fool and the virgin do. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they believe in the premise. At they this just point. choose to be selfish and survive in the in for a little bit longer. So that yeah, so that she doesn't have to kill him, and the, but then essentially dooms the whole world. Yeah, it's really irritating. Yeah, it's. I honestly also kind of like whenever that happens. 
not because the thing is like, I totally understand the random points, but the whole thing of like other people just saying like you like you have to die, and it's like, oh really? You chose that I have to die. I have now made the decision that everyone will die. I, that's kind of why it struck a chord with me because I'm just like, I have a problem with the ending in a utilitarian um, parameter, but uh, on the other side, I'm just like, yeah, if I were in their shoes, I'd be like. Who are you to make the fucking choice? Right. I right. make the choice. Fuck right. y'all. And someone's just like, we chose you to die for the greater good. And it's like, well, now it's just like choosing me without knowing to die for the greater good then ends up being like, yeah. Oh, really? It's like the ultimate my, revenge. My, like, I'll kill all of humanity just because you thought yes. my life wasn't worth yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. My, my, yeah. My, um, problem with the organization is uh, that I don't get a say in my own destiny right. kind of thing, but I don't I necessarily think I also with utility. Was particular, I think I also was particularly pissed because at the time I was still teaching college and it just reminded me of those bratty college kids that I wanted to fucking sacrifice to an elder god anyways. Huh. <laughs> so those are the villains that I wanted to introduce you guys to. Why do you like the organization? They are right uh, in, in a small way. The idea of making a relatively small sacrifice. My objection to them is just how cold calculating and sure. jaded they are to the whole endeavor. They're just like, yeah, we got to do this. Uh, that's the fun of the movie. But right. it is, um, you know, when you have to basically kill. I don't know how often they have to do the ritual. But basically, um, I, I think it was a yearly thing. I don't know. Oh, they, I thought it was longer than that. I thought they, it was a decade. But I don't. Oh. I've only seen it a couple times. I've so. only seen it once. I don't remember. But even then, it's like that's either of those are pretty regular in terms of like yeah. human mm-hmm. history, and so it's just like again to to not show remorse is like yeah. again you they become yeah. jaded by the uh, the endeavor, and that's uh, right. the the emotional arc of the movie is like yeah the organization needs to crumble. That is right. like the conclusion that Whedon is trying to lay upon you. And I come away with that same thing, but um, you know, it's, I don't know. Uh, they were trying. I can't disagree with them. Gotcha. So those are the villains I wanted to introduce you guys to. what do you think of uh, the, 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 the group? I loved it. I lo- I, again, I have so very many. very good points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have a up. favorite of the ones uh, I've, uh, intru- uh, I mean, some of them were new. Some of them were not to you guys. Uh, introduce you to Ra's al Ghul, Mystique, Mr. Freeze, the Liberators, Dinosaurus, Atrocitus. I think Dinosaurus is probably yeah. my favorite. That's going to be the Gorn, one I remember the, the most. Butcher, Stain the Hero Killer. Um, yeah, I'm just fascinated. The only one out of all the ones you introduced to us, I think the only one that I would, I would personally pursue reading would be the one with Dinosaurus in it, which is what, the Invincible? Invincible. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll get you the comic. I okay. think you'll like it. Yeah, that that the whole premise of it was really interesting. <coughs> the, yeah. the the humor throughout. Uh, Invincible is written by Robert Kirkman, who is uh, oh hey, uh, he wrote uh, The Walking Dead. Ah. He wrote uh, he loves gore just as much as you do, uh, yeah. but he also has a wonderful sense of humor Sweet. too. So yeah. um, he so it's he usually swings wildly between haha we're having fun oh my god he had his intestines ripped out by a cool. dinosaur yeah cool. so just sick shit. That is, I, I think I need to, would you like to? No, I just point? want to say, like, I you uh, introduced, a lot of these were, like, ones I already aware of, but, like, new angles on, like, why they should be sympathetic. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think you made a very good case for a lot of them. And also, thank you very much for letting us kind of, because yeah. also I think you brought, uh, I'm pointing to Stevie, um, that you brought a lot of uh, good ideas to, like. Oh, yeah, I really um, like what you guys brought. I like that we both had poison. I like that we both had poison ivy on our list. Yes, yeah, so, so, so really I fun. figured she was going to be uh, her Thanos and Magneto. I thought would be on your guys' list. Yeah, I knew Thanos was predictable, but it's like I didn't yeah. Bring up the whole also, thing like, I didn't. I didn't want to bring up Thanos because I haven't seen uh, Infinity War. You just have so. to read Inferno by Dan Brown. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> 
But um, thank you very much, guys, for being on Hold No Heroes. Uh, I really appreciate this. I have a lot of editing to do because we recorded in many parts. Yeah. And the timer is about to run out also. You can find me at Buzz Biology on Instagram and uh, basically pretty much only there. I haven't made a Buzz Biology Twitter account yet. Um, or you can search any of the major podcasting apps for Buzz Biology. Um, I don't know when this is coming out, but I should have like... Not eight, nine, ten episodes. Uh, Jake, is there anything you'd like to plug? You have your Instagram page, Jake is a Vegan, your lifestyle Instagram. You have the Perfect Person Project going as well. I know I'm saying them because I didn't look like you were about to plug oh, them. I was, Looks I like mean, you were about yeah. to humbly say, uh, I don't know. No, I was going to humbly say, Dan Brown's Bertrand Zobrist. We're going. <laughs> Also, thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you guys very much for being here. This was a lot of fun. I uh, really enjoyed this. Uh, folks, uh, thank you very much, and uh, stay happy, heroes. That's a good sign-off.